History Makers with Matt Prater. Coming off of drugs, you're going to have emotional problems, but I kept chasing after God. And he's using this vehicle to bring people out of the dark into the light. And I went forward and I knelt at the front, and it was a radical conversion experience. And that's where the big change happened, and that's where we decided we're going to use our music for God, we're going to change our songs. When I was about 25 years old, I was uh, busted and into jail, and it was there that I came to the Lord. History Makers with Matt Prater. Hi, and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today we're chatting with my good buddy Colin Kemsley. He's part of the leadership team at Sherwood Cliffs, a great Christian drug rehab, which is based in the northern uh, parts of New South Wales there around near Glen Ray, Glen Innes, Coffs Harbour, Wilgoolga, that kind of region. He's a great man of God, and we're going to hear a bit of his story today. Uh, Colin, tell us where you were born and raised. A Coffs Harbour local, mm-hmm. uh, but my parents were missionaries, so they moved around quite a bit as a kid. So I spent time uh, in Port Stephens at a place called Tarley, which is a lot of people probably familiar of, um, and the Solomon Islands. Um, and later on, we moved up to Lismore, um, before returning back to Coffs Harbour again. So I'm kind of a Coffs local that moved around a bit. Fantastic. And tell us about your faith journey. Were you always a, a follower of Jesus or did you do the prodigal son thing for a while? Definitely did the prodigal son thing. Um, my family are pretty... Uh, my grandfather's a prominent uh, Baptist minister from Coffs Harbour and was a, um, you know the Coffs Baptist minister for quite a long time. Um so I had that heritage in the background. So I've always been brought up in a Christian home. My family were um, always Christian. Uh, but I pretty much made a conscious decision uh, not to follow that when I was very young, um, probably 12, 13, I decided to do that. Um, given that we moved up to Lismore when I was eight, we were very close to a place called Nimbin, which has a lot of uh, drugs and a lot of alternate lifestyle living, so that attracted me quite a bit. So I went down that path uh, with the drugs and alternate living and tried to live my life without God in it. Um, but because I had praying parents and praying grandparents, that didn't last very long for me. I burned out pretty quickly. Um, and at the age of 19, ended up um, suicidal and uh, pretty much thought my life was over at 19 and um, went to a rehab um, obviously it was Sherwood's rehab, uh, which was a very humbling experience for me because uh, Sherwood was actually a rehab that my grandfather helped set up um, back in the 80s, 70s and 80s. Um, so I, I really did feel like a bit of a bit of a failure as a, as a grandson to have to go to a place that was built to help people you know, by him and, and others. And um, that's where I was saved at that point. Um, in my life, I went through the rehab program at Sherwood Cliffs um, when I was 19, and I think that was back in 1998. And that's where I, I met Christians um, for the first time, and that's where I met um, really the people that showed me what Christianity really looked like day-to-day, just loving hurt people and, and just um, helping them to you know get back on their feet and, and it really sort of made me ask a lot of questions about why I was denying um, the faith in God and why, why I was trying to live a different way. And um, in the end, you know, I, I decided that I would give God a go. Um, and I started to live 
by those principles of the gospel and, and, and you know, started to believe in Jesus and, and go, you know, go to church and do all those sorts of things. Um, and then after a while, as I, as I lived that out, honestly, the only thing that happened was really a power to change. Um, where before I felt powerless to change, I couldn't find anything that I could get to change anything in my life. And then all of a sudden, my life was changing. Um, and so I've sort of never looked back from that point. I've always thought, well, there's power in the name of Jesus. So I've always believed that, you know, that's that's where I've got to go when I need to have something changed in my life. So that was the beginning of my journey as a Christian. So you ended up at Sherwood at 19, which was a, a yeah. rehab that your grandfather had helped set up. That's pretty awesome. You know, what an answer to prayer for your grandfather, yeah. you know. And how many years did you spend there? It's a, a live-in residential program that runs for six to 12 months. Uh, I spent five months there um, and then moved on from there after five months. What did you do after that? Um, I moved into, I was lucky enough I could move into my auntie's place. that, that She lived in Coffs Harbour. Um, so I didn't go back to uh, Moore. I didn't go back to any of my friends or family or anything like that. Moved in with my auntie in Coffs. Um, and I lived with her for quite a while um, in Sawtell in Coffs Harbour. What kind of work did you do then? Um, I, I basically just surfed all day. <laughs> I didn't do a lot of work. I just did a bit of labouring here and there. But really, I found my love for surfing again and it was healthy. Um, so I, I really got back into a lot of surfing. But mainly just labouring jobs, um, landscaping and um you know, um, builders, laborers, jobs, things like that. I had real no direction, no purpose. I just had sort of come out of that, like I'm not a drug addict anymore and, you know, I'm a Christian now, but I had no real direction of what I wanted to do with my life, just that I wanted to stay healthy. So for me, that's kind of what I poured my energy into was just surfing. What was the next kind of career move that you had? Not a lot. Um, I think my main interest and focus at that point was um, my relationship with my wife now. Um, that I had met when I was in rehab. Um, she just happened to be the daughter of the guy that founded the rehab. Um, so I met her there um, and sort of pursued a relationship with her after that. So I was kind of a bit consumed with that going on. Um, we dated for three years and then got married after um, I'd left the rehab. Um, and then at that point when we got married, we decided to, we wanted to go around Australia. So we moved to Perth for nine months where we had our first child over there. Um, and then, um, once we had our first child over there, we, we decided to come back to, uh, Coffs again, move back to Coffs. And at that point I'd been builders labourer and, uh, roof labourer, and I got admitted to, uh, high school teaching at the university in Coffs Harbour, which, um, unbeknown to me was a miracle in itself because I never finished high school um, and then I was going to study to be a school teacher so I had no idea what God was leading me into I just knew that this was something that that God had ordained he had led me into um, just for the whole reasoning of how it happened um, how I got into the course and it was just all this, you know, um, I didn't have to sit a test or anything like that and, and all the other people had to sit tests to get into this this course. So I ended up coming back to Coffs Harbour and we en I ended up studying to be a um, home economics teacher for secondary school, high school. 
Um, and I did that for four years. And in that time, we had a few more kids, Samara, and my second daughter. And um, so after I studied for four years, we decided after that that I'd get a, a job using my high school teaching. Still no idea why God had led me into teaching. It obviously wasn't something that I um, I loved because I was such a terrible student at school. So we applied for some jobs at that point and um, I just couldn't get anything. I couldn't get any work and we just didn't know what was going on. I had no idea why God had led me into four years of study and then wouldn't provide me somewhere to work. So I had a lot of soul searching going on at that point in my life, asking God, like, why would you lead me down this path and then, then not provide an avenue for me to find work? Um, and it was at that point in our lives that uh, we both prayed about it and um, realized it was uh, a calling back to Sherwood to work at Sherwood as staff. And um, that's sort of the point where we approached Sherwood and said, look, we think God's calling us to work at Sherwood. And we came back to Sherwood on staff and started working on staff. I'm not sure what year that was, but after four years of university, um, I, I work, went out to work as a full-time volunteer in a, in a rehab. So God's put those skills to big use. Um, I would not be doing half the things that I'm doing now in the rehab without those skills. The, the university degree was incredibly helpful for the, for the task that he had ahead of me. I just had no idea that was what I was supposed to train in in order to do what it was he wanted me to do. So I thank God that he led me into those things without me sort of really knowing what was going on. But in the end, he knew what was going on and why I needed it. And I just had to be available and ready to, to fit, you know, go where he wanted me to go so that I, I could use those things that he had equipped me with. Well, it's an amazing story. And, you know, I've, I've heard a bit of that over the years, but it's good to hear the full story from you. Uh, I was youth pastor at Coffs Harbour Baptist when you and your now wife Chantel were a part of the youth group there for a while. I remember um, you were some young surfy punk, you know, with an undercut haircut. You'd turn up to youth group and you were just this cool young dude. And, and Chantel, you know, she's a few years younger than you and she was just, you know, this sweet young, you know, pastor's daughter. <laughs> and um, and and then I remember you guys getting married and, and just – Thinking, wow! Now you and now you're running Sherwood Cliffs, the, the rehab that we've all been so connected to over the years. Um, it's yeah. such a great testimony of uh, the Lord moving all the chess pieces around, and 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 so we should just uh, introduce to the conversation uh, the impact of uh, John Pierre Rifler. So, John Pierre yeah. is the founder of Sherwood Cliffs, and your father-in-law. Um, what an amazing story he's got! You know, he came out. From from Europe and ended up starting this drug rehab and you know it's been amazing the number of lives that have been impacted. Tell us a bit of the story of Sherwood from the the history of it from what you know. It started like that. Um, John's a Swiss man uh, and they felt called. They were working in WA at the time with an Aboriginal community over there. I think he was pastoring an Aboriginal church and they felt they were called to to start a rehab. Um, so he moved from over there um, to Coffs Harbour. To, to start a rehab uh, in Costaba. He had, he's a very um, driven, faithful man. Um, so a lot of the things that he does is borderline crazy. Um, <laughs> so he just rocks up and says, I'm going to start a rehab, you know, and um, ends up selling his house in WA to pay for a property here in Costaba, which is in the middle of nowhere. 
there's nothing on it. There's it's just rocks and bush and nothing there. But he he's a very visionary, very driven man. So he was like, you know, this is what we're doing, and God's going to do it. So a lot of people were a bit a bit spooked off by him because he was so full on. Um, and that's how my grandfather and him got in contact um, because you know my grandfather you know loved what it was he was trying to do and really got on board with that. And so together they sort of. Um, worked with that and then um my grandfather's church the baptist cost baptist ended up being the church that john affiliated himself with when he started the rehab they did some crazy things like um, buy trains and, and get trains out here um using trucks that they had to crane around corners and you know john even rang the the army to see if he could use the helicopters to get them in and you know, he was just a, a guy that was like, this is what God's asked me to do. And in any way possible, I'm just going to get this done. So yeah. they did a lot of incredible groundwork. You know, they lived up here in buses and um, they had no power, no flush toilets. Um, it was really, really, you know, bare stuff. And, um, you know, every time I flush a toilet or turn a light on here at Sherwood, I thank God for the hard work they did because <laughs> without all that, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm not called to be a pioneer because, man, they did some they did some hard yards yeah. back in the day with um, really believing God, incredible faith in believing God for enough money for, for diesel to run a generator so they could have power and things like that, you know, oh, yeah. it just was, you know, really on the ground stuff. If God wasn't going to provide, then the place just wasn't going to exist. Well, so you know, they built houses out of rocks and, and logs and train carriages and all sorts of things. I just think uh, it's a great uh, testimony of faith, you know, Jean-Pierre's uh, vision. Yeah. And, you know, now you yeah. and you and your wife are helping lead the organisation and um, you're open again. You're, you're, you've got people out there. Uh, and you're needing support. You're needing people to help as uh, volunteers. Uh, you're needing people to make donations. People can even just go there for a season just to help if they want. Well, tell us what kind of help do you need at the moment? We're 43 years old now as a ministry, and a lot of our houses were built back in the 80s. And like I mentioned, a lot of them were built out of logs and trains and whatever they had um, donated to them at the time. So a lot of our time's taken up with maintenance, um, just maintaining certain things, repairing certain things. So obviously tradespeople are always worth their weight in gold. Um, they're very, very appreciative. But you don't have to be a tradesman to actually come out and help us either. There's a lot of just general stuff that we do day to day, um, you know, gardening and mowing lawns and, and feeding people. And uh, it's just general uh, general household sort of things that we do but just on a bigger scale uh one of the catchphrases around here is um that god is revealed in the mundane so we're doing mundane jobs but god's always revealed within the mundane of things so we connect with one another in the mundane jobs that we have to do during the day so they're never really anything greatly special you know um you could be peeling vegetables for dinner or mowing a lawn or you know um doing something that just seems completely normal and, and boring. But at that at that time that you're doing that Monday, and sure you're connecting with people around you yeah. and connecting with uh, people that are hurt, that are, that need healing. And that's where that's where God shows up in the midst of that connection, just doing your everyday duties, which, awesome. you know, I think generally you don't need to have to have a rehab to do that. People can do that in their everyday lives, just connect with other people while they're doing their mundane 
you know, chores during life and, and God rocks up in the middle of that and people get ministered to in, in wonderful ways that you'd never expect. Yeah. Well, it's a great story of faith and uh, it's a great uh, place to visit. I know that uh, you guys have a Saturday night barbecue open to the public so people can go out there and visit anytime. And uh, you've also uh, got, uh, uh, you know, I know that you guys travel and visit different churches around the north coast of New South Wales and uh, take the, the crew along and you preach at different churches as well. Uh, it's a great yeah. opportunity to partner with Sherwood if people want to. So once again, they can uh, search up Sherwood Cliffs Rehab uh, and uh, there's, a, there's a website, there's a Facebook, you can find them online. Uh, and if people want to make a donation or, or go and visit and volunteer, um, they're always on the lookout for people to help out. I just, my, my wife and I and my daughter visited recently and we just loved it. And uh, we're planning to come back sometime. So hopefully we can, uh, we can get there and, and visit sometime. And I know that John Pierre's wife, Honey, has written a few books about the history of Sherwood and people can drop in any time and visit. It's a great ministry. If you know anyone with addictions too, it's a great place to refer people to. We just pray for the Lord's blessing on you and Chantel. Uh, what a great ministry. What a great testimony. And uh, blessings to John Pierre and his wife, Honey. What a great uh, ministry. Uh, Colin, I reckon you're history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater and my challenge to you now is to go and make history. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor.